The following program is pre-recorded to air at this time. Welcome to Lotus Radio's weekly public service show, In Depth. To have your nonprofit featured, email PSA at lotusradio.com. Welcome to the In-Depth program. I am your host, Connie Ray, and the Believe event, Remembrance Candlelight ceremony that's happening at the Reno Downtown Believe sign is going to be happening on the 23rd from 5.30 to 8 p.m. And we're very excited to have the Circle of Life Hospice joining with us this afternoon. Chaplain Chaz is here along with their community liaison, John Sutter. And we're welcoming you both to the show. Thank you so much for being here. Chaplain Chaz, I'm going to start with you. I, I spent some time on your website and I think what's so profound about Circle of Life Hospice is that you are having a very difficult conversation and that is a conversation about dying but it's a very important conversation explain to me what you're doing by helping people move forward in this process of life death is part of life it is totally and i think that when you look at it that we help people live to the fullest for whatever time is left um, that's really our mission is the art of living and just helping people to um, you know, make the most of that time by supporting their family from all the different disciplines in hospice. Uh, there's a lot of misconceptions of hospice, and hospice can provide tremendous support in different areas. And so we just want to be able to educate the community on what the what they deserve and what they can get for care-wise. For those individuals who come to that point in their life where they need hospice care, it's a very difficult decision for a family. It's often an unknowing area that they're in, maybe they thought that they could handle things on their own. Can you kind of walk through us the process when someone comes to you knowing that they need a family member who is looking to start hospice? Sure. I I think that a lot of people have the misconception that when you go on hospice, you're just giving up and dying. And that's just not the case. Um, Typically, and it's different for every diagnosis, uh, but a doctor can refer you. Uh, you can refer yourself or a family member, and you can just give us a call, and we'll have our medical team evaluate your records and see if you qualify uh, with Medicare standards. But it's usually around six months or less with a terminal illness. And so um, a lot of people, unfortunately, wait till the last week, the last few weeks. Uh, but what what's included with that is CNA visits to help uh, with bathing and hygiene issues. Uh, we provide supplies, medications delivered directly to your door, uh, nursing visits, um, even a nurse practitioner to be able to visit you in your home and really allow you to have the time that's left to be focused on what really matters, which is on, on the patient and your family. One of the things I was quite impressed by with Circle of Life is that, yes, you are there to take care of this individual that is going through the last final stages of their life, but it's also about supporting those family members. And I think that that is really what this is about. Although, yes, you're calling Circle of Life for care for a loved one, what you're really doing is also providing service to the family member. This can be a very challenging time for family members. Absolutely. And not only through the process, but even after the patient passes, we provide Um, We actually provide grief support for life. Uh, Companies are required and agencies are required to provide it for 13 months. Uh, But we really are our owners and um, our administrator truly believes with her whole heart that we should provide that for life and be there to continue to walk through that process. Because grief, the reality is we're going to miss our loved ones. Uh, There really is no true closure. We're going to miss them until uh, our last breaths ourselves, you know. And so being able to walk alongside those families, there's families that I still 
still meet with from years ago, and they still come to our support groups. And uh, sometimes they come uh, every month. Sometimes they'll pop up six months later. And and then we're just one big family to support each other through this journey of grief. I was also impressed because you also help families who may have to say goodbye to a child. And I feel like that is something that is excruciatingly challenge, challenging. But at the same time, that family needs guidance and they need just as much care as if you were coming there because your your mother or your father was passing or a grandparent. Talk to us about that experience of working with a family that goes through such a tremendous loss. Sure. I, I remember uh, having my first patient who was a child and it was as just a chaplain, it was unimaginable. And to see what the family went through, it really um, spiked the fire of my passion to serve those families uh, because it's 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 something that, you know, they're angry about. They don't, don't understand why their child's dying. It's really funny because, not funny, but the, the children, they are so smart and so brave and so courageous. It's usually the parents that need the support. So helping them make the most of the time that is left and pre-grieve and, and just surrounding them with that love um, and, and walking them through and, and helping them, you know, be able to focus on the time they have with their child left instead of worrying about what funeral home am I going to call or, or what's going to happen through this process and helping them uh, prepare as much as possible. You never really can truly prepare for that moment, uh, but it definitely helps to have a foundation of, of team members that come alongside you to guide you and then to be there afterwards um, and just to walk alongside you. John Sutter is the community liaison for Circle of Life Hospice and we just went through a community, a nation of grief, of loss through COVID. Do you feel like as you're out as a community liaison that you're starting to see a bit of a shift where we can have those conversations? Yeah, I, I think a lot of people have been uh, very COVID-minded, and it's taken a, a little bit of time to get out of the way they were doing things in COVID. They built, they kind of built up a habit, mm-hmm. you know, of the isolation and all that. Now they're starting to come out of their shell a little bit, but yeah. Do you think that as we move forward, that uh, I'm, I'm a positive person, Chaplain, I always try to look at the positive, that it is important for us to talk about dying. It is a process of life. There is going to come a time for each and every one of us. And sometimes that time can be difficult, whether it's an illness like cancer, or it can be something sudden that happens, or just old age, or in a, in a case of a child, we need to have services and organizations and agencies like yourself that are allowing people the opportunity to have those conversations. We shouldn't be afraid of dying, but yet we have this tendency to really kind of push away when it comes to these topics. Yeah, it's funny. In American society, death is so taboo, and we're so scared to talk about it. Um, but really, that's why we do community events like Death Cafe to help people process and, and just be able to talk about it and verbalize it. And this Believe event is going to be so powerful and so needed because there's so many in the community that have lost a homicide or they had a loved one taken that took their own life, overdoses, hot, they lost someone to health complications. Um, we have one family uh, where 15 members are, are RSVP'd, so they're going to come together. And just to give them permission to grieve, to say, it's okay. Okay to continue grieving and that you're not alone. There's power in our stories and powers when we're together and united. And uh, that's what we're really excited to see is a unity in the community. We've had a lot of different trials uh, 
lately as a country and locally as a community. And so this is a time, no matter the walk of life, if you've lost someone or even grieving something, because grief is not just losing someone, it could be a divorce or losing a relationship. So if you're out there grieving, uh, we want to be a resource hub and uh, not only do amazing events like this, but we have, uh, we can do referrals to mental health experts, uh, to chaplaincy. Uh, We have all these resources that we've collected and pre-vetted into one hub. And if you contact us, we can kind of point you in that direction, but it's so needed right now because of the pandemic and the complex grief and people not being able to go on to the next chapters and not being able to hold memorials. So this is a time for us to come together as a community and say, you know what, it's okay to not be okay. And we're going to, we're going to do this together. We're, we're going to get community leaders and politicians, and we're going to get all these resources and we're going to just, you know, journey together. I think it's really important what you said that we didn't have an opportunity to mourn a lot of the losses that took place, whether it was losing someone to COVID or losing someone during COVID. You know, I lost my grandmother uh, during COVID and we never had like a real funeral or an end of life celebration. And it was challenging. We just recently did a family reunion and we had kind of a moment where we uh, had a dinner and we took a moment to recognize my grandmother. But it's also about closure. And I think this believe event this remembrance candlelight ceremony that's going to take place on August 23rd, 5.30 to 8 p.m. It's kind of that opportunity for us to to pause and to recognize that loss and to take a moment and say, you know, I didn't find closure on this and this is a chance for us to come together. And you briefly mentioned some of the varying agencies that will be a part of this. You have everyone out there, the city of Reno, our mayor, Hillary Sheeby will be there, the Nevada Donor Network, their volunteers and advocates Uh, We have a lot of programs and agencies, the Alzheimer's Association that will be out there, resources for individuals, because oftentimes, like you said, grief can be finding out that your mother has just been diagnosed with Alzheimer's and not really knowing what the next process is, or if they have been diagnosed with Alzheimer's, you're losing them slowly. So then that grief process is very different for each individual. And I think it's important that we, you have really put together an incredible night for people to gather, to remember, and to have resources so that when they leave, they know if they have that overwhelming grief, that they have resources and outlets that can help them. Absolutely. And, um, you know, we have a lot of great speakers, and I think the power from all these different agencies is to see that there's so many different losses, but everyone's grieving and who's had a loss. And, and, and being able to see a variety of losses like that and still being able to relate together, there is power in that. And uh, Mayor uh, Hillary is, is um, tentatively going. She has RSVP'd, but all the other speakers are guaranteed. And uh, so it, it's going to be an amazing event. I really like the idea that people can place remembrance cards. There are remembrance boards that will be out there. So it really is an opportunity for you to highlight that loved one in your life that is no longer here or whether, like you said, a divorce or a loss of a family member, a job, or, I mean, many of us right now are just COVID itself. It's kind of nice to be out of COVID, but what an experience that we went through and just kind of leaving that loss behind is a real opportunity to kind of come together. I like this event because number one, uh, we're stepping out of COVID and we're recognizing a lot of new things. Number one, it's okay to talk about not being okay. 
Yes. You mentioned mental health. I think that's a big, big component. I think it's also important that we recognize grief. Many of us lost family members unexpectedly during this. Uh, we lost jobs uh, we lost income. There was a lot of loss that was going on throughout our community. And I think as we slowly come back, we can't just come back and not remember what that was and right. what we went through. Would you say that it's also important for us to grow as a community, to recognize that we had this loss? What can an event like this do for us as we move forward in life? I think that's a, a great point. And one one of the things is I, I always try to be positive. And so when I look at the pandemic, there was a lot of bad stuff that happened, a lot of negative things, but there were also positives. And I think some of those positives were highlighting the need for mental health and the need for those resources to be gathered in one place. So my hope is that this event will just bring awareness um, there's some different things that are going to be happening in our community moving forward uh, and that this will encourage people to jump on board and support these initiatives as they are revealed um, to support, you know, mental health and spiritual care and uh, grief support in general and working cohesively as a team. The Circle of Life Hospice, usually people are coming to you at the end of their loved one's life and oftentimes this is something they've never even thought about before. And what I'm, I think is interesting about the Believe event, this remembrance, this candlelight vigil, is that it's okay if you have questions. It's okay to reach out to someone like Circle of Life and say, I've never been through this before, or I'm experiencing loss, or even after losing a loved one, I think sometimes people think, you know, they're going to get through this, and then they run into this wall, or they realize they're not getting past the grief. Mm -hmm. What are some of the things or tips or suggestions that you can make to someone about starting the process of talking with family members about hospice? Because I remember in my situation with my grandmother, you know, my mom had to go to her brothers and have this conversation, and it was very challenging. They were far away. They're not seeing the daily decline that my grandmother was going through and how my mom had to make mm -hmm. that decision. So I'm just wondering if there are some tips that you can give to individuals who are having to have those conversations with family members. Well, I, I think it just starts with, like you said, being able to ask questions and, and having the courage to give us a call. Um, a lot of people are, are worried, like we said earlier in the show, that they're giving up or they're you know, giving up on their mother or father who's got an illness. Um, but really, a doctor does not have to refer you. So just give us a call and we can talk about those things and I can educate, our team can educate you on the benefits of hospice. Um, there's different education talks going on in the community that we're putting on. Uh, to talk about the benefits of hospice and what it looks like and what qualifies you. Um, so ask the questions, give us a call. And even if it's not hospice related, um, I have people call in from the community, uh, people who've watched their spouse commit suicide, uh, people whose ch uh, children have overdosed on the fentanyl uh, that's out there. I mean, you wouldn't believe the wide range of calls we get because they're looking for grief support. And, uh, you know, community hospice, we have a saying that uh, we're in the community for the community and that we truly do love the community and we're all about the community. So um, if you're going to call a hospice and ask those questions, uh, we're all about choice. You can call a few different ones and interview them. That's a good thing to do as well. And also support a local uh, community agency because they typically have deeper roots and are more invested in the local community as a whole. 
You know, I sit on the board for crisis support services, and during this pandemic, you know, we saw our phone calls increase by over 200%. And a lot of it was you were seeing people that were dealing with a crisis situation or a loss that was unexpected, something that they were not prepared for. And as we walk out of this pandemic and I look at how individuals who may have thought they weren't impacted by mental health or may have thought that they could handle grief and loss were very much taken aback by what was happening. And I think a lot of that is you didn't have that natural support system around you while we were isolated from loved ones and family. And I think people are starting to really recognize as we come out of the pandemic, supporting agencies like yourself, being a part of a community, having conversations about loss and grief, that it's okay that you're feeling this way. We lost individuals and went through a crisis in our communities during the COVID pandemic. And it really made us look at who we are as a community. And I think we are coming out with some really wonderful resources. We're learning a lot about what we need. And I think there's also something to be said for recognizing that we're all human. You know, I look at the list of individuals that you have coming. You have Senator Jackie uh, Rosen's office is going to be out there. And you have, you know, the Spark City council members and you have Sparks uh, mayor, these individuals that are coming out, they're human too. They experienced loss. They were trying to keep communities going and thriving during a very difficult time. I think there truly is something to be said for recognizing that even these people we may set up on a pedestal, they too experience grief and loss. Yes. I think when we're traveling on that grief road, we're all equal, right? And uh, we to see and be able to relate to our community leaders or to the displaced gentleman who's sitting on the corner asking for money, uh, there's power in, in knowing that we're all human, like you said. And um, I, I had the honor of doing the invocation for the Out of the Darkness Suicide Prevention Walk and opening that up. And um, it was powerful in, in, a, in a sad way to see how many hands were raised that they had lost a loved one to a suicide. And so we just want the community to know that you're not alone. And if you need someone to talk to, uh, to reach out to us. And and not only that, there's resources like the crisis line, um, but anybody can make a difference. You don't have to have a, a psychology degree. Uh, just by asking people if they're okay and, and telling them and loving them through a ministry of presence and just supporting them, it makes a huge difference. And that's why we have to come together. And, and also I love that all these different agencies, like our partners at Solace Tree and the Great Basin Chaplain Corps, we're all uniting to bring these resources. And that's how we we rise together, you know, and we have to love each other. And that's, that's what we're all about. I really, I, I absolutely love that you say that because it is about finding solutions means we have to work together and providing the care that we need to give to our community means we need to work together. Why was it now, why did you say, you know, I know it's end of August, let's do this incredible event. I mean, I can tell you that when I walk by that believe sign, there is something impactful about just seeing those words in that large downtown area next to this beautiful river. It is a powerful reminder of what we can accomplish together. Why was it important for you and the agencies that you're working with to make this happen at this time? I think enough's enough. And 
I can't go into the details, but the amounts of calls that I am getting uh, for uh, loss from uh, someone taking their own life or overdoses, um, it, that, in my opinion, uh, is a pandemic in itself. And I think that that complex grief has to be, we have to, we can't do the waterfall effect where we're, we're dealing with it afterwards. We have to start preventing it. And how we do that is by learning that grief is not taboo, just like death. And we talk about it and we support each other and we make it available to the community because I had a social worker tell me that her herself, she's a social worker. She knows these resources. She's been waiting six weeks to get into a grief counselor and she has all these connections. I mean, we have to make this more accessible. And uh, Paul Anderson, Councilman Paul Anderson, he's also a chaplain in the chaplain corps, but he's doing the governor's uh, race for suicide prevention. And that's one of his goals for that is to, you know, bring these resources in one place. And that's why I love you have Democrats, Republicans, uh, the, you know, displaced population members who are um, city councilmen, all this variety of people coming together for the same cause. And man, when those candidates Candles are lit and we're looking together and it's silent and we're thinking about our loved ones. There's power in that and there's healing to move forward. Now, tell me about the event. We talked about this. It's 823, 5.30 to 8 p.m. It's going to be at the Reno Downtown Believe sign. Uh, is it a free event? How do people come? Uh, who can come to this event? Sure. So anybody in the community is welcome. We've already had over 1,000 people interested on Facebook platform alone, which is awesome. Uh, there's plenty of parking at Cal Neva, so people will start arriving at 530. Uh, you just check in at the four uh, resource tables, and there, there you'll get a candle. We have a candle for everybody. Uh, for the first 200 people or households, we do have a special forget-me-not memento. And then we also, for our first 50 seniors, have a, a special gift that's an umbrella because it's going to be a little bit sunny. And uh, on that umbrella, it's going to uh, show the foundation. And so when all these uh, seniors are holding these umbrellas together, it's going to be another beautiful representation. Um, and then what we'll do is we'll go ahead and get started uh, with a few announcements at 550. And then we'll start some of the speakers. As we move into the ceremony after the speakers, there's going to be some live music and everybody will have a uh, lyric card and then we'll all sing together this general grief song uh, together, this chorus. It's a beautiful chorus about loss. And uh, at that point, there, there's going to be a little activity for everybody who attends uh, in honoring their loved one's name. And then we'll do the candle lighting and uh, remember them one last time. And then we'll close the ceremony together. As a pastor, I'm sure you have witnessed many times the power of connectivity and what it can do. It can transform you. I'm really looking at this event as an opportunity for people to come together who may have come in grief and to have that feel feeling of love and support from your community. I just cannot tell you in, in my experiences what that means, the power of connectivity, what it can do for the soul. It's remarkable. I mean, I, 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 I'm kind of speechless because I, I just, I'm so excited and I can't wait. I think that it's been a tough few years for specifically this Great Basin community. And um, I'm just excited to see us unite for a common cause and purpose. And this is only the beginning. We want to do this every year moving forward. And uh, we have some initiatives that we're going to be talking about at the event and I won't go into that, but uh, this is just the launching pad for us. And we have tons of things that we want to do to continue to move forward and make our community better as a whole. And I hope that everyone can join us. I hope. 
I'm so looking forward to this. Again, it's going to happen on August 23rd, 5.30 to 8 p.m. It's the Believe event, Remembrance Candle Lighting Ceremony, and it's going to happen at the Reno Downtown Believe sign. If you want to get more information, you can follow along. You can go to the Circle of Life Hospice Facebook page to find out more information about the event. I would also suggest that you visit their website. Uh, It's just a real opportunity for you to learn more about what hospice care is like, what the Circle of Life Hospice community can do for you if you're going through this challenging time. And as we wrap, uh, Chaplain, what are your what is your hope that people will walk away with as we wrap that night at eight o'clock? What are you hoping people will leave the event with? I hope that they don't feel so lonely in their grief and they realize that it's okay to talk about that they're hurting. A lot of times family members don't know what to say. So they say things like, you just got to move on or pull yourself up from your bootstraps. You know, you still still may not be okay in five years. It's a roller coaster. It's up and down. And uh, I just hope that people learn that they can give themselves grace to grieve and be able to know that there are resources out there and have that awareness where to connect. Another healing part of grief is being able to give back. So there's volunteer opportunities. And uh, I just hope that they come away from this with a sense of a new beginning of a new chapter and feel refreshed and ready to embark on the next chapter. I totally agree. And I think it's really a time for us to come together as a community and heal. That's what I'm really looking forward to. And of course, the candles and to be out in front of that sign, I just know it's going to be so magical and beautiful. Again, we're looking at August 23rd, 530 to 8 p.m. at the Reno Downtown Believe sign. And if you want to learn more about Chaplain Chaz or more information about the Circle of Life Community Hospice, you can visit colhospice.com to learn information. And we are so excited to be a part of this incredible event. It's the Believe event, Remembrance Candle Lighting Ceremony on August 23rd, 5.30 to 8 p.m. at the Reno Downtown Believe sign. Chaplain Chaz and to John Sutter, thank you both for being on the show with us. And thank you for really putting the community first. I think you're so right on in everything you've said, Chaplain. This is an opportunity for our community to heal. It's an opportunity for us to come together to really have that connectivity that we've missed for so long. And I think there's something magical about the downtown believe sign it brings us all together it's artistry it's community it's in a downtown area it's beautiful it's near the bridge right by the river which is the river is another way that connects us to our community so i just am so looking forward to the night and thank you to all of the community providers and agencies that have you have partnered with i think it's important you've really put together some great resources so whatever you're going through your loved one family member or friends you have resources that are available to you and it really is about working together so i'm grateful to both of you for all that you're doing thank you so much it's our honor thank you and thank you for listening this is in depth we'll be back with you next sunday have a great rest of your weekend thank you for listening to in depth to have your nonprofit organization featured please email psa at lotusradio.com